This is the Power of Partnerships, Changing the Game for Digital Transformation, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So happy to be here. This is the final episode in 2020 of this wonderful series that joined us here this year, The Power of Partnerships Changing the Game with Digital Transformation. And if you think about the title of the series, it packs a punch in so many directions. We all want our companies to change the game. Digital transformation, it's been a theme around for years, but are you doing it right? And the power of partnerships is so very important. Another word is ecosystem. So let's see what we're talking about today. Okay, I have a a buzz quote from a white paper, I think we still call them that, called Business Ecosystems Come of Age by Deloitte. Let me read a little clip from this and this will set us up nicely. Ecosystems are dynamic and co-evolving communities of diverse actors who create and capture new value, that's important, through increasingly sophisticated models of collaboration and competition to achieve something together that lies beyond the effective scope and capabilities of any individual actor or group of broadly similar actors. One more part to the quote. In a business ecosystem, companies co-evolve capabilities around a new innovation. They work cooperatively and competitively, interesting side by side, to support new products, satisfy customer needs, yep, and eventually incorporate the next round of innovation. So that's a packed buzz statement. Let me tell you what we're going to be talking about today around this topic. Amid the many challenges of 2020, we're now at the very end of October 2020. Can't wait for the year to be over, seriously. The high-tech industry proved it can sustain and even grow in these most demanding of times. Yes, from such adversity came innovation. Offices closed and businesses figured out quickly to survive. They had to adopt agile new processes. They had to deal with people working remotely. Sites were closed, real estate changed, everything changed, and they had to re-engineer their customer experiences to keep the customers, everything changed. As we look to 2021, can't come fast enough, digital adoption will continue, continue to accelerate. I have a panel of three people who are wise, they're savvy, they're smart, they have interesting ideas and expert insights on what we're going to do going forward. So we've asked SAP's Tina Bront. Tina, for those who will see the video eventually, you can wave, say hello. We have Charles Bennett with us, and we have Paul Logue. And we're going to ask them about the key. Hi, they're all waving. I'm on Zoom, and it's wonderful. They're going to talk to me about the key driving forces behind this phenomenon, from the rapid adoption of a cloud computing platform, and we hope companies have already done that, to agile business innovation and the partner ecosystems that will enable it all to happen. So important. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Bonnie in the house and let's go around the table and have my special guests introduce themselves. But first, everybody, round of applause for Nula Spooner at SAP who put this panel together. Come on, everybody. Thank you, Nula. Thank you. She's here in the background. Nula, we got to work together again next year. I'm putting a bee in your ear. We got to renew this series. So Tina Branch, so happy to meet you. I know you're a busy lady and we very appreciate your being here. So Tina, introduce yourself to the audience, please. Tell them what you do, what's your background and what's your passion for this topic. Tina. 
Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you for having me here um, today for the final show. It's really a pleasure to be here and to speak with you, all of you. So, um, well, my name is Tina Branch. I'm the regional uh, channel head for Middle and Eastern Europe here at SAP. And of course, this topic is really important to me because um, I'm really passionate about the success of our partners to really help them um, even also to, yeah, to find new opportunities in the current times. Yeah, so really the power of partnerships is um, something for as, as my hard topic to say. Thank you very much, Tina. Interesting. The name of the series, Nula and her team, Neil Cox at SAP, came up with this. We, we noodled, the word is to be noodled around what to call the series. And I think it's so iconic for our times today, the power of partnerships. It just, on its own, says so much to companies. You just can't do it alone anymore. Maybe they couldn't for years. And now we're saying it's real, the Power of Partnerships. Tina, such a pleasure to have you on. Charles Bennett, you're up next. Charles, I'm going to put you on speaker view and please do me the honor of introducing yourself. Charles. Well, it's, again, it's very nice to be here, Bonnie. Thank you very much uh, for having me. And um, what I do in my role is, is I coach partner executives on how to uh, modernize and make money out of a cloud business. So that's my focus is working with people. Um, I probably spend as much time with colleagues working with partners internally as I do working with partners externally. Um, I'm part of a global team at SAP that focuses on our cloud channel. Uh, and as such, I'm very, very lucky in being able to meet really interesting people around the world. Um, and so in, in doing that, I see partnerships in action. Um, and I couldn't agree more with your choice of quote, by the way. I think it's fabulous when you see people coming together in that co-creation. Um, it really is what it's all about. Thank you, Charles. And what was interesting to me in the quote was it not only said collaboration and cooperation, but it said competition. Yes. So, and we'll, let's talk about that later once we get into the show. The idea that partnerships are not just, okay, we're all on the same exact line. We all have the same exact goals, but there may be different goals and you can all get there better together. In interesting. And the lines of industry I know have blurred and blurred and blurred even more this year. Paul Logue is waiting patiently. Paul, the last time I said to a third panelist, he was waiting patiently. He said to me, no, I'm not patient. Actually, I couldn't wait for you to call me. So I'm not going to give you the chance to tell me which one. Paul Logue, we're happy to have you here. And would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Paul. Sure. Hi, Bonnie. Thrilled to be here. So I'm Paul Logue. I lead the global insights function at SAP, which translated means um, my job is listening, which happens to also be my passion. So I'm listening to customers. I'm listening to the market. I'm listening to the evolving ecosystems and the transformation everybody's doing right now. Um, and it's actually a, like a very exciting role. Um, I have an interesting background. Uh, I, before all this, I was an aerospace engineer, which is where I first learned about, I would say, the power of partnerships. I was on a uh, project for the space station. Uh, and, you know, uh, partnership, uh, I worked with uh, French companies in the morning, Korean companies in the evening, you know, uh, US, uh, Russia. And so my math on partnerships was from that time, kind of like the more audacious uh, the goal, you know, going to Mars, uh, the more uh, urgent the timing, the more partnerships and ecosystems are critical. And I think that's as true in cloud as it is for aerospace. So Interesting. Aerospace. How did you get into insights from aerospace to insights? Is there a, a dotted line we, we, we need to know, Paul? That's an interesting change or a challenge to you. Uh, was, was there something in your aerospace career that said, oh, I think I'll go work for the world's biggest business software company and I'll work on listening? What, what was that trajectory for you? I've asked myself that a lot. They don't seem like they're connected. <laughs> there is one word that actually connects them, I found, which is innovation. I, I love to innovate. 
innovation in aerospace, innovation in cloud, it's the same. Very, very cool. Thank you very much, all of you. Nice to meet you. We met on a prep call recently, but I'm happy to have you introduce yourselves to our live global audience. Now is the time for the quotes. I've asked my panelists to pick a movie or a song quote, something fun, interesting, that has absolutely nothing to do with our topic. And we're going to see how creatively they can draw that little dotted line to tell us why they picked the quote. Tina Branch is up first, and Tina sent us a quote from stated by Lieutenant Peter Maverick Mitchell in the 1986 action drama film, Top Gun, played by da, 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 Tom Cruise. I'm just going to read the quote because I think so many people remember the movie. Or if, you, if you're too young to remember the movie, go stream it, go rent it, do something. It was a really, really cool movie. And the quote is, I can't do a Tom Cruise accent. I'm sorry, a, a voice impersonation, Tina, but I'll try. <laughs> I feel the need, the need for speed. Oh, that was a terrible Tom Cruise. Tina, how did you pick this topic, this quote for our topic today? Go ahead. Yes, sure. So, well, it's not a super, it, it's really a super cool f uh, film, right? So it has not, um, has really great, great music. And uh, I'm very, yeah, very deep and have a high respect for the, for the military as well. Uh, I have grown up um, with them simply. So, but it's, what is it about? And it's, it could not um, uh, fit more into our um, today's topic. It's really all about being agile, yeah, agility, all about um, to really adapt uh, to the current environment, um, the changes, the uncertainty uh, we, we, we currently face. So we really have to be flexible um, and also take ownership. Yeah. So I feel the need, the need for speed. That means really we have to be we have to be really, um, yeah, fast, yeah, in changing and also recognizing, and that fits perfectly to Paul, to really get the insights and react with the speed to it, yeah. Thank you. Very, very interesting. Tina, as I was researching this quote, whoever wrote the research that I found uh, made the comment, part of being a hotshot, which Maverick Mitchell was, it said, you don't follow the rules, you break them. Do you think that being agile in a partnership involves breaking the rules or breaking the barriers, the boundaries, the restrictions, the status quo in order to get that speed? What do you think? Well, I'm not, I, I don't think we need to break the rules, but to really to think ahead, yeah, to really think, okay, um, if we, w which ways can we find, yeah, to solve topics, yeah, and I think we really have to go um, beyond some uh, circumstances or, or barriers, yeah, but um, yes, it, it's not about break, breaking the rules, but really to think about the next action, yeah, to really, um, um, yeah, what, 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 what is the next topic, yeah, we need to do. What is the next topic? Thank you very much. I'm looking ahead here. Charles, you're up next. And Charles, I'm looking at your quote. Uh, he sent us a quote from Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh, also <laughs> called Pooh Bear and Pooh, is a fictional anthropomorphic, I haven't heard that word in years, anthropomorphic teddy bear created by English author A.A. A. Milne. And the first collection of stories was the book Winnie the Pooh with hyphens, 1926, followed by The House at Pooh Corner, 1928. Didn't um, this a famous American singer-songwriter, who is it, uh, who wrote a, a song about the house, something, the corner of Pooh Bear, something like that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, the quote is, oh, it's so lovely. People say nothing is impossible, but I do nothing every day. Oh, exactly. Tell us about it. Well, I, I love Winnie the Pooh. And, um, you know, I, I, I think I, I relearned it when my son was, was at that age of going through these kind of things. And not, not that long ago, it's, uh, there's a film on the circuit uh, as well. So I really got into this. And I think this, what the, there's a lot of very meaningful 
quotes. If ever you want to spend a good half an hour looking at meaningful quotes, have, have a look at uh, Winnie the Pooh. But this one, you know, I said earlier that I meet people from around the world. And what I realize when I meet people is mm-hmm. all of us, all of us are truly resourceful and creative and actually adaptable. And we actually collectively do impossible things. We do take on challenges. We do change. We do impossible things every day. Um, and the other thing that this says to me, especially in the current circumstances, of course, is that none of us should take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> we, sh- we, sh- we should all have a, a lighthearted view on things. Um, and, you know, you know, connecting this into this challenge that we face of transformation and digital and partnerships, it's about people. Again, it's about us uh, working together. Uh, maybe not, uh, you know, t- like Tina said, breaking the rules, but understanding how to do things differently. Thank uh, you very much. Every day. Flexibility, agility, fluidity. Exactly. And I think a key word that was used for businesses trying to survive at the beginning of the pandemic was being able to pivot. Right? That's it. Maybe That's it. you were maybe you were you were a bar or you were an alcohol distiller and we had a need for hand sanitizer and maybe you could use that base of your product for now becoming a on the forefront of providing that to people who needed it. So very, very, we saw a lot of pivoting. Thank you very much. I think there was, I'm going to go out on a limb on this one, but I think there was a collective sense of partnership and how can we all survive? Not just me, me, my, my company, my family, my, I think it was, how are we all going to get through this? And there might've been that sense of the power of talking to each other and working with each other and thinking together. I'm, I'm just going out on a limb on that one. I think everything changed. You're, you're right. And don't take ourselves too seriously once we survive. Paul Logan, looking at the quote you sent me from Willy Wonka, played by Gene Wilder, the wonderful, wonderful, charismatic Gene Wilder. In the 1971 film, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, American musical fantasy film directed by Mel Stewart, starring Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka, an adaptation of the 1964 novel, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Factory by Roald Dahl. The story of a poor child named Charlie Bucket, who after finding a golden ticket in a chocolate bar, hmm, visits Willy Wonka's chocolate factory with four other children from around the world. And here is the quote, and it's part of a scene. Uh, The scene starts with Sam Beauregard saying, come on, Violet, we're getting out of here. And Willy Wonka says, oh, you can't get out backwards. You've got to go forwards to go back. Better press on. Paul. What a beautiful quote. What in the world does it have to do with our topic? <laughs> well, first of all, it's, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, Bonnie, the original, not the remake. 1971 original. Grew up on the movie. Um, and I think it's just, isn't it an allegory for today? I mean, how many times have you heard, I, I want, when is 20, 2020 going to be over? I want to go back. Uh, or from a business perspective, I want my old business model back. I want my old customers back. And so this is a perfect scene. And, and if you've seen the scene, you know, it goes from five kids, golden ticket, everything's great. They go into the chocolate factory. They're about to go into the, the, the most incredible chocolate factory in the world. But before they do in the scene, they have to follow Willy Wonka into this room. They go into the room, the door closes and it turns out to be a very scary place. Everybody is scared. The room is closing in on them. And their first reaction is, I want to go back. And they turn around and the, the most familiar thing that they have is the door behind them and, and it's gone. It's not there. And so Willy Wonka says, you know, you have to trust me that you can't go back. It's not possible. You have to go forward to get to where you, you thought you were before. So, you know, they go through the door and this is a subtle theme of the movie, but everything after that point 
is, as they say in the movie, a world of imagination, right? The, the kids uh, experiment and they, they, they try things they wouldn't have done before and nobody's afraid after that. So I think it's a great story of uh, trust and realizing if the door isn't there behind you, you have to find a door in front of you. You have to transform your business model. You have to think of, you know, a way to, um, you know, to, to work in the new world. Thank you very much. And you brought up the trust word, Paul. How important. Trust. Trust in everybody, not if you agree. Trust in partnerships is one of the the foundational elements, right? You have to trust that there's something that you're sharing common. It's a forward way forward. It's a mission. It's a it's an end goal. It's a an ethos. It's a way of looking at the world. It's a value system, if you will. There has to be some kind of trust. Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you to my panelists for your wonderful quotes. I thoroughly delighted and I appreciate the work you did in finding them. Tina, you're going to be up for us next. We're getting to the serious part of the show. We're going to be talking in our roundtable now. And just for our listeners' knowledge, I've asked my panelists to each send me four statements with their point of view or POV as we like to say on the topic of the power of partnerships in 2021 and forward where are we doing where are we going so i'm looking at tina's statement number two number one was about agility and i think we just talked about that so let's go to statement number two and tina told me she said the following opportunity of new business and mind shift as we've all been forced to work and live remotely people got used to it in their private and business life. And I'm just going to stop there, Tina, and let you expand this, please. And Tina, after you spend a couple minutes talking about this, I'm going to invite Charles to agree or disagree. I think I know where he's going to go on that one. And Paul to agree or disagree with either Christina and or Charles or both. So Tina, you're up. Let's talk, please. Yeah, super. So I think, um, and I, I really like what Paul just has said, because we are all in a mind shift, yeah? So what we have really experienced, there was no decision if we want that or if we don't want that. Yeah. So we, we were really being forced to find new ways and to also, you know, even my my buying my 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 food. Yeah. So I have been in quarantine and um, it was really something I need to find new ways to get on 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 my food. Yeah. So, and I think having this current um, environment as we have it um, right now. Um, we have really experienced something new, which also opens up new ways to interact with each other, to do business with each other, to buy things. Yeah. And companies are in the same way. And I think it's a great opportunity on the other side to really take that chance, take the mind shift. Yeah. The people have, have, they, they, they had no decision. They have to have, um, they had to run through. Yeah. So it's, it's already in their mind and we are already living with that um, since months. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's an opportunity for all of us. I like that. I like the opportunity word. Thank you. Charles, join us, please. Add to, agree or uh, disagree? Yes, I mean, there's, it's definitely an opportunity. And, um, there's that cartoon that was doing the round of, um, you know, what drove digital transformation in your business? Uh, you know, was it the CIO? Was it the CEO? Was it COVID-19? Uh, <laughs> right? The, the other C word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, that, that the, whole, the whole thing was, was driven on us. And that, that uh, exemplifies then our, our adaptability when we need to. Thank so. you very much. Paul, anything you want to add? Agree or disagree? 
I, I totally agree. I just, I think that the word, I love the word mind shift and new business. And I think what I see happening is regardless of what industry you're in, everybody's able to look at their existing business and say, what can I do different with it? Like, how could I transform? Really interesting example I just saw the other day, Singapore Airlines, right? So lots of planes parked in lots of airports. They're turning them into to pop-up restaurants. Have you seen this? And they're overbooked, no. they're oversubscribed. So people are going in and they're sitting down and they've got a, they've got a screen and they're getting their you know, food. They're just not flying. Uh, hotels are turning into to, to WeWork spaces for day use for, for folks that, you know, need a different environment. So I, I just think this mind shift and, and, you know, mind shift plus innovation and just thinking differently about what can we do different with our business is just really, it's, there's an exciting part of that right now. Thank you very much. Tina, anything you want to add to what your co-panelists just shared about your statement? No, it's it's really um, maybe one thing what I have recognized um, as well during the past month. It's not only about mind shift; it's also about the trust. And you you mentioned that and um, the support, the collective support from each other. Yeah, I think and I experienced that we have we have a trust more trustful relationship with each other. Yeah, the whole communities are getting much much stronger because we rely on each other, and um, this is something which is yeah which which is a good progress. Very, very interesting. Let me go back to a question I had for all of you in the beginning. Before I move on, Charles, to one of your statements, we're going to go to number two next. The idea of competition, it was all do or die before this, I think. In past years, it was, oh, we have to be the leader in our field. We have to be the one out there first with the best innovations and the best everything in our industry and leadership, rah, rah, rah. And now we're talking about partnerships. We're talking about collaboration. We're talking about what can we all do to survive. So have we changed the meaning of the word? competition in business. Let me just go around the table quickly. I know this wasn't on our, I don't think it's on our list to talk about, but I'm curious about about your thoughts on this because partnership, competition, how, how does that all work together? Tina, you want to just take a, a try at this? What do you think? Yeah, I think um, the competition, to be honest, I think it's it's more, it's it's really um, a speed up here. Yeah. So um, I think that uh, competition is, uh, is, is run fast because we have to be innovative. Yeah, we have to find new ways um, uh, to survive also. Yeah. And uh, I think the competition is there, but in a different, in, in a different sense. Yes. That, I, I, that's where I thought we were going. Charles, add to that, please. Um. Well, the other thing that my comment on it would be that, that it's um, working with your competitors is a grown-up thing to do. So it takes maturity. What a thought. <laughs> so yes. it takes maturity. Yes, it does. Interesting. And, and, what, and whose maturity is it? I always go back to, well, is it the CIO, the CEO, the CFO, the C, anybody in the C-suite? Is it grassroots? Is it coming up from, bubbling up from the, the lower tiers of management or line workers? Is it middlemen? Who says, Okay, let's put our differences aside. We've all got to figure a path out of here. Uh, let's be mature about this. Where does that come from, Charles? That mind shift that Tina was talking yeah. about. In, 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 um, in a broad sense, it's from leadership. Uh, that leadership isn't necessarily your, uh, someone with a C at the beginning of their, of their job title, but it's from the leaders in the business who can oh. demonstrate that kind of maturity and the mind shift. I, we've got some really good words here in our new vocabulary on the show. Paul Logue, what do you think? Competition, leadership, trust, maturity, where are we going? Okay, so I, this is near and dear to my heart. I happen to also be responsible for competitive, the competitive intelligence function. So here's my thought on it. My 
when people ask me who's our biggest competitor, my answer is our biggest competitor is our cu customers' unmet needs. I actually think mm -hmm. companies should spend the majority of their time around competitive intelligence thinking about customers and thinking about customers' unmet need and solving that. That is your biggest competitor. It's an interesting question everybody should ask, right? Ask people who they think their biggest competitor is and see if the word customer comes up. To Charles's point too is, you know, the the objective and the goal is solving that customer problem regardless of how you do it and you know think very open about partner partnerships and speed as well so that that that's how i think about competitive now thank you interesting and i was thinking that yourself or your own team would be your competitor is who wants to hold back and who has the mind shift. I love that word, Tina, who, who is willing to embrace the mind shift to go forward in a different way, a different path and talk to the former competitors who, who on your team is saying, nah, we can't do that. Interesting. Very interesting. Thank you all. And I, I I'm going to apologize for the sidebar, but I wanted to ask, I think it's an important question that comes up because it seems, it seems like a word that challenges the idea of partnerships, but they're my competitors. Why should I talk to them? Remember the, the era of NDAs? I can't tell you what I'm working on because it's all private. You'll steal it from me. I, maturity, Charles, I think we're, we're at that level now, we hope. Charles, I have you in my sights right now. Let's look at your statement number two. All of us face challenges, are drowning in communication, and have available to us a sea of competing offers in the midst of all this noise. It's the offer that we can learn from directly relevant to us that we can trust. I'm going to stop there. Go ahead. Talk to us about all this communication and how does this how does it relate to partnerships, Charles? If you think of, yes, if you, if you think about you know, the, the topic being partnerships and this digital environment and connecting to customers, uh, you know, like like uh, like Paul was saying, and um, our customers and us, we're all drowning in all these different things that are being thrown at us. So the the question is, when do we realize that someone can actually help us? Uh, because we get all this noise, and I don't know about about you, but I'm making use of the um, of the of the junk service regularly on my emails. I junk all, all the un unsolicited emails get junked. Um, uh, you know, you name it, I block everything. So for me to actually identify, and, and I th I think uh, majority of people to identify something that's really helpful, um, it's about realizing that it's something that you can learn from. Um, uh, and the other way to say it is I don't want to be sold to, mm -hmm. but I do want to learn. Uh, I do want to innovate. I do want to look for those new ways to, to create value. Um, and, and it's so the challenge for all of us, uh, whether you know, in partnerships and in partnerships with our customer, is to be able to communicate in such a way that our audience understands that we can help them, that they can learn from us. We can teach them how to innovate and create their value. Um, Again, if, if it was us, they'd be the ones that we would then engage. They'd be the ones that we'd um, you know, invest in to do something with us. Thank you. Paul, agree or disagree? You're up. I uh, really agree. I think Charles is bringing up a really good point. Um, this is so important. Think about, you know, I think of two words, helping and selling. And there's a lot of selling going on right now. And I think what the world needs is, is helping. And I think helping is tied to empathy as well. I mean, just think about in our teams. One of the interesting things that's happening right now, when you talk to somebody, your team, how do you start the conversation? How are you doing? Are you okay? Do you need help? 
Is there anything I can help you with? It's it's phenomenal. I hope we don't lose that. This one positive from this, but why should that not uh, you know transfer over to your business uh, relationships and your partnerships? So I think that what Charles is bringing up is is really important, and it's a prerequisite in my mind of what we talked about earlier: trust. Right? Trust comes from being helpful, um, educating, you know, learning uh, without the pressure of selling. So um, I do I do agree that there was a, a just a, a, a tidal wave of selling that happened uh, right off the bat, um, a lot of pressure to, to close business, but I think you're starting to see the shift to helping, which is great. Thank you. Tina, thoughts, please join us. Yes. Um, so I think um, I completely agree with both um, of you. I think it's very important to provide um, the answer to why. Yeah. So why, why is it important? Why are we doing that? And to really um, define the purpose and that it's the differentiation point um, why yeah, exactly why people are um, buying something or, or, yeah, or being interested in information. And that's where um, insights are coming in. Yeah. So I think, um, as Paul said, insights are much more important um, or we experience it um, as, as being much more important than um, the days before. Um, on the other hand, the trust, yeah, and the trust remotely, the, the remote trust building. Yeah, that mm. was, I think, one of my, uh, yeah, it was one of my statements um, to really, yeah, how can we remotely build trust by really um, being a role model, yeah, being a role model in um, giving the value to our partners, customers, friends with support and helping, yeah. Um, I think there is no... Um, necessary necess necessity um, of um, having that in, in person. I think we can really build trust also remotely. Thank you. Very, very interesting points of view on that. Thank you, Charles. Good statement. I'm moving on. Paul Logue, I'm on statement number two. I'm picking all of your statement numbers too. I, I think we've covered a lot already in the introductions and I'm looking for fresh, fresh perspectives here. So Paul says, this is a new topic for us within the partnerships and looking forward. Paul says, HR as the new hero. HR is transforming from a legacy back office function to a rising hero in many organizations. I'm gonna stop there and let you finish the thought. Paul, take a couple minutes, please unpack this for us and then we'll see what Tina and Charles have to say. Go ahead. Sure, and and it, a lot of relation to what we talked about. So as we look at um, how companies are transforming, we observe that their, their transformation is happening within the companies in really, really interesting ways. And one of the things we're seeing is traditionally maybe back office functions or, or functions you think wouldn't be innovation forward are now starting to innovate like crazy. HR is a great example, right? So HR in any company, right, uh, innovated right off the bat when in the, the, the care and, um, you know, taking care of employees. Uh, now HR is starting to, to innovate in, in new ways. They're starting to help companies move faster, find talent, train, learn. Um, you're seeing this not just in HR, you're seeing it in finance functions. Uh, as I mentioned, I run uh, the insights function. You're seeing uh, innovation happening in, in insights functions. And then the last thing I would mention, which ties to the, you know, we talked about being helpful and trust is you're seeing the most advanced companies take this innovation that's happening in these functions and actually sharing it and opening their company. So we've learned this about how to take care of our people. We have this technology or this app we built. Um, we have learned, uh, we built a new training module here, you know, we want to share that with you. Uh, it's, a, it's a core precept of, of the most trustful relationships you can build. So I think that's very exciting to see not only the, the, the innovation coming from places you wouldn't have expected it, but the innovation being actively shared. Thank you very much. Tina, you happen to be sitting next to Paul. We'd love to get your POV on this. What do you think? 
I think um, uh, HR is really one of the most important um, areas currently in the in the company yeah? um, to really take care of the people, develop them, um, make them. We have experienced it um, here uh, within SAP as well. Yeah, um, to really how are we working with each other? How are we are we learning? How are we trained? How are we interacting? Yeah, um, all of us are really. Um, at home, yeah, and uh, and and doing the business um, from from our home office. So the the function HR has to do in order to have the the full umbrella over the people, yeah, is is really important. Thank you, Charles. What do you think? So just reflecting on on it, it's um it's like a corporate expression of a sense of community. Uh, the example that Paul gave, you know, looking after the people, but also sharing things at work with other people, with other companies, other organizations. So it's a bit like that expression, you know, exp- a sense of community at, at a corporate level, so, you know. So, yeah, I, I love it. And I think, um, but Paul, what I'd hope to see coming out of this is even more innovation as those people who may have been in the back office actually come into the front office in many respects. So really looking forward to see that. Interesting. Paul, anything you want to say back to either of them? Uh, last comment, innovation and the concept of open innovation uh, goes both ways. Open innovation yep. from partnerships is incredibly uh, important, but we're seeing open innovation inside companies too. So just think of every one of your employees as a center of innovation. Wow, what a thought. What a thought. Remember the old days not so long ago when it was, if it ain't broken, don't fix it or that's not your job, or stay in your lane. I've heard that too many times. Uh, don't, don't go places where we didn't hire you to go. And now this idea of innovation, it, it must be exciting. It must be very exciting to where I'm, I'm an independent broadcaster now, but I worked for SAP for nine years. And I know that sense of shared purpose and the sense of what can we all come up with? That's a wonderful thing, right, Tina? That, that yes. sense, yep. And, and, and also to connect, right? To really can, connect everything. Um, it's not we are we are not really independent. We are really connecting um, each other. And uh, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you all, Paul. Great topic there, Tina. I'm looking at your statement number four. We have a lot of time left. Actually, we've covered a lot already. Tina's number four says transformation to new partner ecosystem and better together, providing the products and services that add real value in a fast evolving digital environment determines success success for end customers as well as partners. Tina, I'm going to let you expand us and then we'll go around the table again, see what everybody has to say. Go ahead, Tina. Yes. So I think, um, um, well, the competition is on, yeah, but on the other hand, um, we are we are really forced um, to find yeah find new solutions um, and and be be very quick in that yeah so I think um, that um, if a partner and we are talking here about um, the power of partnerships yeah if a partner identifies um, that yeah needs in certain areas yeah we have seen great results that they they are um, really strengthening their alliances with others yeah so they really have to speed up. Um, their digital bandwidth yeah, to be successful and to be able to um, provide services uh, to their customers. But for that, in order to be very fast, they, they are really strengthening their alliances. So it's, it goes back into the connection and the collaboration, yeah, even between um, best and breed partners, as an example. Thank you. Charles, join us. What do you think? Um, Absolutely. I think uh, so. I agree with Tina. I think this this whole thing is is getting faster and faster and um, nothing really more to add. Okay, Paul, what do you think? 
Uh, just to add the notion that as uh, we talked about before, businesses are having to relook at their fundamental business models and who they are and, and open new business lines. They're also going to have to look at new partnerships. So I think that's another point of innovation. You have your existing partners and the partners that you know in the existing ecosystem, but now you're breaking into new business models with completely new partnerships. How fast can you identify those partners uh, and how fast can you run collaboratively with those partners? That's a very, very interesting uh, less talked about part of digital transformation. Thank you. Tina, anything you want to say back to either Charles or Paul? Are you all good? She's good. Okay. Charles, I'm going to statement number four. We don't usually cover this many topics. I'm thrilled making a lot of covering a lot of ground here. This is all good. Charles, number four, you say, and let's get into some technology here. Everybody wants to hear about this, thinking about AI and machine learning. Ooh, yes. We can say that in the future, everything that can be automated will be automated. Configuration of structured rule-based software solutions is a prime candidate. Let's let's dip our feet in the weeds here a little tiny bit. Charles, talk to me, and then we'll go around the table. Charles Bennett. Yeah. Well, so this is um, yeah, very relevant uh, to the topic of partnerships um, and people, um, because again, as technology advances around artificial intelligence and machine learning, um, we're going to see increasing automation. Now, um, you know what happens right now is is we provide customers with application software. That application software has to be configured to meet their needs. Uh, AI and machine learning is going to take away all of those repeatable tasks. So, you know, over time, it's going to become easier and easier for people to um, manage their own deployment of the software that they choose. Um, the difference that we bring, and that's us as from, you know, SAP or, or, or partners to our customers, is going to be our business knowledge. The business knowledge that enables us to help the customer to innovate and create that value. Because if you like the technical, the technology and its implementation is going to happen. That's done. The business opportunity and the business value is in what we bring in terms of our innovative thinking to help you know, create that extra business value. Thank you. Paul, you're up. What do you think? Agree, disagree, expand. Um, agree. I think we're talking about the power of data and just, you know, think of the context of uh, in our in our world, everything is digital, right? All of mm. our sellers are now uh, inside sales. They're in their living rooms. All marketers are digital marketers. Uh, all uh, customers that are buying are buying digitally. So, mm. you know, to Charles's point, this, this this topic has been, never been more important. There's more data than ever before, right? Mm -hmm. So the, it's always been true that customers that can centralize their data and make meaning of it to create new business models, that's always been the case. Um, but there, it's it's particularly uh, important now for creating business advantage. And I think that the AIML, because of there's so much data, you need some mechanism to make sense of it, right? And really, really fast. And so I think you're starting to see companies spend a lot of time on this and it's, it's going to be an incredible uh, area of advantage, uh, not only getting the data, but making sense of it. Thank you. Tina, thoughts on this, please? I think that's that's also because we are we are having that um, uh, advantage of this uh, technology. Yeah, it's it's also it's giving it's giving us um, new yeah new insights into something which we have probably not seen before. Yeah, so it could be and um, th that we are recognizing okay to really change processes here um, also. So I yeah I, I agree with that. Thank you very much, Charles. Anything you want to say back to your co-panelists on this? I think that's that's um, 
um, very complimentary. Appreciate the comments, and and that is it's that business knowledge that brings all of those things together. It's that uh, you know helping your customer with that business knowledge to 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 deploy the technology. Thank you very much, uh, Paul. You mentioned AIML. You said them all to crunch together. Is this something that I should know about AIML, or is this AIML? Is there a slash and dash in between? Uh, there's some nuance between the two technically, but I think it's one concept, which is using the power of technology, machines, uh, yep. uh, language processing to make sense of a lot of data um, and to use it to your advantage to uh, determine the, the, direct, the future direction of, of, of your next business model. I just read a news article this morning, completely off the topic, but related to AI, that Grimes, I think is her name, uh, the lady who, who is Elon Musk's partner, just had a baby, and she is helping to create AI-generated music for the child, wanting them to be part of what, what is going forward, purposeful music rather than just, okay, we'll put on a couple of nursery rhymes. There's a big, big article, I think, in the Times today. Take a look, but I'm thinking of AI. We think of it in business, right, Paul? And we don't think of it for, for, for nuanced music for children. Any thoughts on that? Uh, what it must be like <laughs> to be in Elon Musk's house. Uh, I, bet it's a, I bet it's a smart. I bet it's a smart home. <laughs> wow. I, don't know, I don't know where she lives. I'm going to leave that one alone. Oh, Paul, I'm looking at your statements. I'm going to call on you now. I'm going to go back to your statement number one. Let's get back to the whole partnership, the, the circle around partnership. And you say a shared priority right now is the need for rapid digital innovation. COVID is showing us real time just how radically different our markets are by industry and the level of impact each is experiencing. I'm going to stop there. This would be a, a good place, I think, to take us into the next round, which will be our predictions in about 10 minutes. So let's take our time with this. The idea of shared priority, very important, rapid and digital innovation. Paul, take your time with this and then we'll see what Tina and Charles have to say. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So th this actually comes from an insight my team had. We were doing um, uh, quite a large project on industries. Everybody has questions about how are industries impacted by COVID. Each industry is different, and we did a quite a long study on it. Then we had this this insight that um, you know these industries are very very different, but there's so many currents of similarity. And I had this I I had this like philosophical statement with the team. I said. You know, it's interesting that we're all, you know, we're all separated. We're all in our own offices. We can't see each other. Um, you would think we're more distant than ever before, but I, I thought, you know, we kind of have more in common than ever before. Think of it this way. Like, imagine if I'm on a Zoom call with somebody I've never met before. So first of all, I know where they're at. They're at home. Mm -hmm. If I have kids, mm -hmm. I kind of know the dynamic of what's going on. I don't know what their job is, but I know what they're working on. They're working on digital transformation. Mm -hmm. So we're all kind of synced in the same world a little bit. And I, I say that because um, as we painted this picture of all the industries, you know, automotive, very different than healthcare, very different than tech, experiencing a very different dynamic, we step back and we looked at it and we go, wait a minute, they're all doing the same thing. Whether they're in the throes of a, of a, of a crushing, you know, uh, downward business spiral or whether they're, you know, zooming, you know, technology company, they're all forced to innovate very, very fast. The other thing that we observed is that their businesses that whether they're in auto or retail, to some extent, the transformations are crossing over. So for example, automotive, what's the mm -hmm. front end of automotive? Automotive front end is retail. And so you're seeing some really interesting innovations from retail make their way into automotive as an example. Um, 
we had uh, looked at a company that um, has does vending machines in offices. Remember the vending machines where you get your yeah. candy bars? Okay, sure. those are those are collecting a lot of dust right now. Imagine if you're that company. So this company, who's a like maybe brick and mortar, they've created digital business where you can subscribe to your favorite snacks and they're delivered at home. Uh, so they're in e-commerce. E so this notion that industries are all certainly very, very different and different dynamics. Mm -hmm. The undercurrent of the similarity that we all have in common right now around digital transformation is unifying. Uh, and the ways that each of the industries are transforming are applicable to the other industries. It's, it's absolutely kind of a fascinating thing to watch. Paul, didn't even think about the idea of vending machines just sitting there. You're right. That's part of the... I'm just going to say infrastructure, the real estate of what we used to do in offices. Remember when people before for digital communications, they talk about everybody gathering around the water cooler. Remember water right. cooler conversations and, and coffee room and, and, and go ahead, Paul, give me yeah. a little more. You have another use case. Interesting. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think the thought that just comes to mind is, Every, every business is, is almost like we're seeing it. It's one leap away from a, from a really exciting new business. It's just the unlocking the link. You know, if you look at, if you sit there and you look at that, that vending machine long enough, right, the idea will pop. Well, maybe this could be a digital business, um, but you need a catalyst to think about it. And I think that's happening, you know, in, in every, you know, every, every business. I mean, in just an auto, I just think I'm, I'm buying a truck right now. So I'm, I don't plan to visit a dealership. I'm not going to call a dealership. I'm not going to talk to a salesperson. Uh, I'm going to uh, work with a service that is eventually going to deliver the exact truck I'm looking for, like to my front door. And I'm going to sign once. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm probably going to sign digitally. It, it's it's amazing. Yes, it it absolutely is. Tina, join us. Thoughts about? Yeah, like, I, I, go ahead. Well, it's, it's provocative, yeah, but I like the thought because it's really, um, yeah, that that's how an automotive uh, company becomes a tech company as well. Yeah, so because we are entering, even if we are challenged and yeah, and and faced with uh, challenges uh, uh, within our old business, yeah, if you name it old, um, but. There are new ways, and um, we are really we are entering new um, new segments and new areas where we can really develop in. And um, I, I I really like that thought. I think it takes a little bit time. Yeah. Also, it's all about the mind shift and to really get get through it. But um, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Charles. Join us. Uh I love the insight, uh, Paul. I think that's a really super observation. And so I was just um, thinking about uh, the, the last point that you made there about uh, creating that catalyst for innovation. Um, so, and I think coming back to the whole the whole thing about partnerships is when when you're working in partnership with your customer, because you can you can be that partner who helps to bring that idea and to make that a reality. So, and help, you know what it's like, um, you know, you do sort of um, find yourself inside an organization surrounded by your habits and your, your, your processes and stuff. And that outsider coming in, your, your business partner coming in and helping just to be that catalyst. Uh, I think that makes, but it's a fantastic insight. I think I uh, completely agree with you. Thank you. Paul, just anything a, you want to add? Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Just to add to that, I, I think that's Charles, it, it's, um, it's true. You know, you can, you're so close as a business to your business yeah. model and you've been running it for so long. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say you can't innovate or see that, that link yeah. to the business, but th this is where I think partnerships become so critical, right? Think of yeah. partners as just um, another friend, right? Looking at your business from a completely different perspective. And if you think of it that way, 
uh, wouldn't you want, if you think about partners, you know, you've got partners that have similar business models to you. That's good. They, I'm sure they have a good point of view. But wouldn't you want to like pull that a little bit further? If you're looking for that next dynamic business that's just so not intuitive to what you're looking at today, you want an eclectic set of partners. You may want, Correct. if you're an automotive, you may want a partner from uh, consumer package good business or just com- mm-hmm. a completely different side mm-hmm. of, of the industry to be looking at your business in a, in a way you wouldn't. Absolutely. The, the, the diversity of thinking, bringing that diversity of thinking and expertise together in partnership. Yes. I have, I think we're going to squeeze in. We're not quite at our predictions crystal ball round yet. I'm going to squeeze in one more little topic from Charles. Statement number three, you say software that works and delivers the required functionality is table stakes. It's your business knowledge and ability to enable your customer to gain a valuable outcome that will differentiate you. Now we're getting to the competition stage, or I'm going to just put it a little more drastically. This is the survival stage. How do you differentiate? We, We haven't even talked about this in a partnership if you're so, so much competition and collaboration and thinking of shared priorities, how do you still differentiate your company? Charles, why don't you take about a, a two minutes on this and then we'll right. see what Charles and Dean have to say. So, so, I'm sorry, so Paul. You, you, might, you, you might see a theme uh, running through uh, my thinking here, which is it's the people that make a difference. Um, and and it, it's, it's how you bring that business knowledge, that ability to innovate, the, the ability to be your customer's partner and, and you know, bring that innovation. It's that ability that differentiates you. Because, um, you know, uh, let's say knowledge and access to software is ubiquitous, but it's how you and your people bring that to your customers that is going to make the difference. So in in summary, it's your that business knowledge, that business empathy that you have uh, that differentiates you. Goes back to people, doesn't it, Charles? People, people, people. people. Tina, comment on that differentiating factor? What do you think? Yeah, and also being the role model for it, yeah. So we talked about that um, to really, to live that, yeah, to walk the talk, mm. um, do that. And uh, yes, and, and that differentiates you in the, in the end and to build trust. Thank you. Paul, anything you want to add to this one? Differentiating. I think it's a, a useful way to think of your business as having two sides to it. There's the formal businesses with the formal solutions and, you know, formal bill of materials, if you will. Um, But then there's the people and they're the informal part of your business. Um, We had a call yesterday, uh, a Zoom call where we had SAP folks on, you know, half the pictures were SAP folks and half the pictures were um, were a business that wanted ideas on new business models. And so this isn't uh, an offering. This is this is bringing the ideas together with people to to create new ideas. So the notion that partnerships more and more involve this um, this unofficial right or, or more collaborative humanistic side, I think is very exciting. Thank you very much. And speaking of very exciting, it's time for our crystal ball predictions round. Tina Branch, you're up first. 60 seconds each. What do you predict for the growth of partnerships in 2021 and beyond, which is part of the theme of this episode? Tina, what do you see? Well, I think it's, uh, um, yeah, there's a huge growth for our um, partnership, yeah, and uh, for for the success of our partners. So when I think about the partner-to-partner collaboration, yeah, the people we we do have, um, the support we we, we are giving to each other, I think um, we have, yeah, we have definitely um, a great future, yeah, and we will survive. (laughs) I like that. That's the message we're looking for. Charles Bennett, you can have a whole 90 seconds because Tina was very <laughs> concise. Charles, what do, you, what do you see in the crystal ball? Yes, I think um, uh, my, my, my expectation is that 
the, the organizations who really learn how to partner to create that business value, how to innovate that value, uh, how to leverage technologies to deliver the business value are the ones that are going to survive and thrive. Um, the ones who don't are going to be commoditized. So again, it comes back down to how you use your intellectual property with technology with your customer. Oh, uh, that's very going to differentiate well, you. Very well put. I think I, somebody could paint that on the side of a wall. Or, I don't know. It's a little too long <laughs> to crochet on a blanket, but, or, uh, yes, anyway. <laughs> Paul, prediction, I can give you. Paul, you get two minutes because they were so, so to the point. You get a whole two minutes. Don't disappoint me, right, Paul. Love. I'm a talker. Oh, I know. Go ahead. We um, love it. So, okay. So my, my crystal ball prediction goes back to, remember I said, you know, aerospace engineering and, and uh, you know, NASA and going to Mars and so forth, right? Uh, I think that the, the number one differentiator for companies going forward as they're effectively developing their path to, to Mars and this, the, the, the ultra complex path to cloud, they cannot do it alone. Uh, they need partnerships. And so the notion of uh, building partnerships and your ability to partner very, very quickly and everything that means, it means finding the partner, integrating partner capabilities, going very fast to market, all of that. I think that's going to be, uh, you know, top three strategic differentiator for companies going forward. If you look at the three things, technology, partnerships and people. That's it. So I think that, that that's key. Um, and I think that um, the other thing is that part two of the prediction, I think the notion of what partnership means is going to change. I don't have the new word yet, but it's not just going to be the classic partnership. It's going to be along the lines of what Tina and Charles talked about, which is a new level of trust, a new level of collaboration that goes, goes beyond the traditional, uh, where you have the two companies almost kind of like commingling uh, in, in, in how they operate. So I don't know what that word is yet, but it's, it's something bigger than, than the word partnership. We'll have to get you back to predict that word when you think you know about it, Paul. So I'm, I'm counting on you for that. Interesting. A lot of what you've all been saying, trust building, collaboration, shared shared priorities, uh, reminds me of, of the shows I do about digital selling. And the mantra has changed from sell, sell, sell to be a partner, be a trusted partner, provide information, insights, Paul, listen to what they need, help them figure out where you think they might need to go or listen to where they want to go and help them get there. Don't just sell. Don't just bombard them with messaging, uh, Charles, to your communications issue of so much happening. Um, and mind shift, Christina, that goes to your, your mind shift, which is a great word. Thank you for that. The idea that you want to be somebody who is collaborative, not somebody who's just slamming selling messages on people because that doesn't fly anymore. I want to thank all of you so much for such an interesting conversation. And I want us all to put our hands together for Nula Spooner and Neil Cox at SAP who sponsored this series. Tina, go ahead. You can clap. There you go. I see them. You don't on our listeners. And it's just been a, a Nula. It's been wonderful working with you this year. And I predict Nula and Neil are going to renew the series and we're going to come back with even more powerful power of partnerships for 2021 and beyond. And I'm going to do my closing call to action. Everybody also clap for Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, Voice America, the business channel, my sidekick here in that title. Here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? My car is getting two months to the gallon. How's yours doing? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Tina Branch at SAP, just like Charles Bennett at SAP, and just like Paul Logan at SAP. Be safe, be smart, be savvy, be well, and we will talk again soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Thanks again for tuning in to The Power of Partnerships, Changing the Game for Digital Transformation, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.